Welcome back, everyone. It's Tuesday, June 13th, and this is On The Line. I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbenet, and soon enough, Ashley Titians is also with you. We're back for another episode of this podcast where we talk everything high school track and field. Today's show, we're going to start on a good one, the top three female athletes of all time. We're just going to get into the debate right away. Then we'll follow with a discussion on our upcoming recruiting rankings in the class of 24, 25, and 26. We'll finish it off with some talk on national championships this week and Brooks PR, which begins on Wednesday, uh, and then we'll finish the the show out. But first, let's kind of start with a a brief discussion on records. Uh, This weekend, there was a little bit of fake news out there about a national 100-meter record. Um, All props to Asama Singa, who ran really, really uh, great, he ran 10.02, but the Montford Academy graduate in Texas A&M signing did not convert a national record. He's still chasing after that 10 flat time that Trentavious Friday last ran in 2014. Uh, although Assam now has four sub 10 second yep. times on his record, which is crazy to say. So I, quickly, the problem here is how records are explained. There's a lot to get into. It's kind of Diluted. It's complicated. Um, there's NFHS, which is the National Federation of High School <clears throat> State Associations, and then there's true high school records. NFHS has their own records. Now, if a high school athlete runs an NFHS re- race, which is a, a state race, a, a sanctioned race like Arcadia can be sanctioned, then that will be an NFHS record. But not all times recorded are NFHS records. This is this is the complicated part. Yes. <laughs> Assam ran in the Star Athletics meet, which was not sanctioned by high school standards, so it's not going to go down an NFHS record. Um, true national high school records can count if a if an athlete is in high school and and still running that season. So if they're running at U twenties, if they're running at Worlds, if they're running well beyond the high school season, that still counts as a true national record. Um, it's very very complicated. You know, a couple of years back, Mary Kane turned pro. Yes. All of the results from that point forward were not high school races anymore, so none of them count as national records. Same thing with Arian Knighton. He broke yes. 20 seconds as a high schooler, but he wasn't a high schooler in, in true form. He was a pro at that point. So Assam is still a high schooler. Yes. All his records count uh, as such, but 10.02 is still not the national high school record. It got really confusing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was just mind-blowing. I think all of track and field just, like, lost it yeah. uh, over the weekend. But, yes, I'm happy you mentioned the pro thing. That was an area I wanted to talk about as well, just the fact that, like, you have to be running for an NFHS record to go down, like you mentioned, has to be at a sanctioned meet. High school athlete, they can't be, you know, in high school and then go pro. Like, they have to be, like, as a high school athlete at a sanctioned meet for that record to go down. So, shout-out to uh, – Asama Singo, who just ran exceptionally well, just go after 999 at this point. Like, that would be the record to be striving for. And it feels like he's he's going to get there. Yeah, he's uh, By right the there. end of the year, at some point, I yeah. think he's in the entries for New Balance. So, you know, maybe he gets there at New Balance. Yes. But right now, not the case. Uh, before we dive into our topics for the day, let's let's dive into some of the, the things that happened. And let's stick with Assam. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened at Star Athletics Series. Uh, big meet for Mount Verde Academy with Asama Singen just doing what he's been doing all season. He ran the 100-meter finals again, dipped under that 10-second barrier with a 9.83 wind 
aided time with a 2.6 win. But then again, he clocked that 10.02 in the prelims and then also doubled back, got a win legal mark of 2020 in that 200 meters. So Assam ran very, very well. Um, I was actually with Ashley Titians at the NCAA Outdoor Championships when we saw Zaire Nurdin just decide to pop off a 45.78 opener. I'm like, Ashley, what on earth just happened? And an, so an opener in May, too. It, <laughs> not even May, June. 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 It was insane. And so he became the fourth boy this spring to break 46 seconds in the 400 meters. He's currently U.S. number four at that distance. He also doubled back with the 2257 in the 200. But I also have to give a huge shout out to Adesha Hodge. Again, running 1108, win dated in that 100, 1129, win legal. And I know she's super pumped about this 200 meter performance because this girl has not had a wind legal performance up until this meet, she's gone 2284, 2276, 2231. Again, had that W behind the number. So this weekend, she goes US number one with the 2260 in the 200. And of course, there were some other athletes from Mountford that did exceptionally well in their respective events as well. So it was a great day for Mountford Academy. Heck yeah. And, you know, the Star Athletics meet wasn't the only big meet happening for high schoolers. Obviously, some state championships, you can catch that on miles, but there was a national record too yes. that went down. Ashley, what do you have on that? Yes, that's right. The national record, Angelina Napoleon in the 2K steeple. She was the previous national record holder in that event earlier in the season. Then Carrie Beloga took that record away, also in New York. Then Napoleon takes it back again. Here she goes 618.41 to surpass the previous mark of 1619.75 that she had set previously at the Section 6 Class C Championships. And I mean, that wasn't the only thing she did this weekend at the New York State Championships. She won the 800 and a state meet record of 203.97. So she was just across the board, like killing it all around. So, you know, kudos to Napoleon there for those two performances. Big moment for her. And she went head to head with Carrie. Yes. Right. At the New York State Championships mm -hmm. too. So love seeing that one. All right. Our first segment of the day. It's a big one. We haven't really debated very often here on, yes. on the line, at least very regularly, but we're going to we're going to do one right now and you know all things considered 2023 has been an epic year some athletes have crept into the several all-time lists and earned several national records so our question now is are are some of them among the best ever let's try to quantify this mm -hmm. top 3 female high school athletes of all time who is on your list tell me why olivia I try to mix it up a little bit with some distance hurdles and sprints to kind of just give you a nice little preview. Of course, I feel like you have to have Caitlin Tui on this list. She's the North Rockland graduate from New York. She has the 3,200 meter national high school record of 947.88, which she set back in May of 2018. She also has the indoor 5 5k and the indoor 2k as well which she set back in 2019 2018 we all know caitlin tui the distance phenom she's just exceptionally amazing so i feel like caitlin tui without a doubt is on that list next i'm going to move to the hurdles but also an individual who we also very well known cindy mclaughlin laverne the graduate from union catholic in new jersey she currently right now holds three national high school records the 300 meter hurdles of 3890 and 5382 in that 400 meter hurdle as well she also has the indoor 400 meters which she ran a 5161 back in march so the interesting thing that i love about sydney is these records she 
also had the 300-meter indoor national record as well before Shanti Jackson broke it earlier this season. All of her records that she broke were back when she was a senior in 2017. So her senior year broke four national high school records, which is phenomenal. And, of course, we've seen her go on to do amazing things, become Olympic gold medalist in the 400-meter hurdles and also the 4x4 and a three-time world champion as well. So I'm now going to shift to one more athlete that I feel like deserve deserves to be on the all-time list here. And this is Shanti Jackson of South Granville out in North Carolina. And this is my reason. Very similar to Sydney, she has broken three national high school records all in her senior year. Literally, it's a replica of what Sydney did her senior year. Shanti broke the 60-meter with a 7.16. She broke Sydney McLaughlin's a 300 meter record with the 3665 and she also just ran a 1089 in that 100 meters and besides Sydney I don't know if there's any other athlete that has been able to just do what she has done with just breaking all these national high school records all in one season so I just feel like it's suitable to have Shanti on this list as well Shanti's a interesting addition here and I think there there is some talk with with that and there's some verifiable you know facts around it mm-hmm. Ashley I want to go to you what are, what are your, who's your top three and why? Okay, I know me and Liv here, I think we're we're pretty similar on two of these. One, we're going to differ a little bit. I'll begin first. Again, Sydney McLaughlin, LeBron, she's going to be on my list here. Again, there's there's not much else to say. Like, Liv already kind of summed it up, you know. There, she's, you know, a world record holder. When she was in high school at Union Catholic, like Olivia said, she set numerous national records, some of which, you know, I don't think – We'll probably ever see those broken, especially if you're looking at the 300 meter hurdles and the 400 meter hurdles. Those will be really hard to ever, for anyone, I think, to ever surpass those. So I think for that reason, she broke down a lot of barriers. She was a gamer. So Sydney McLaughlin on my list. Caitlin Tui as well. I really <laughs> agree with that one there. And to, I know Olive Cardi, like, I guess already went through some of the stats, but I mean, she, I can think back. So Tui is like one year, I guess, behind me, one year younger than me. So I remember when I was in high school. Just like every time she stepped onto any sort of track, any sort of cross country, you know, course, like the headlines were just like, you know, Tui just does something amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think for that reason, she almost kind of like broke barriers that a lot of the girls that have come now behind her, you know, she kind of paved the way for a lot of those athletes. So I think in that way, she was really a trailblazer in distance running and kind of set some new standards. And so I think for that reason, she's kind of the goat there and is on my list for top high schoolers. Where I differ here, though, I'm going to go to my third athlete here, and that is going to be Allison Felix, you know, one of the GOATs of all, you know, one of the greatest of all time, not just professionally and at the Olympic level, but in high school as well. Um, you know, she went straight to the pro level after high school, which I think just shows just how good she was, especially for the time. Her 200-meter record of 22:11, I think still may be one of the hardest records on the books to break. You know, she went to the World Championships at just 17 years old, won an Olympic silver medal in the 200 at just 18 so I think for that reason, Felix has to be on my list. Good stuff. Good conversations. Obviously, everyone we talk about is an all-timer, yes. it, it, undoubtedly. And I think the one thing that, you know, when I look at this question that I come back to is, you know, in order for you to be the best of all time, top three female athletes of all time, you have to capture a community. You have to capture the voice of a community. And I think Sydney McLaughlin, Lavrone certainly did. She made the Olympics at 16, yes. by the way, as a teenager, youngest ever to make a U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. You know, as as you said, the 400-meter hurdle, 300-meter records will never be broken. I, I think she became not just a track and field athlete. She mm-hmm. became an icon that people look to and can immediately see that face. You can recognize it. It's Sydney. Sydney just did something 
becoming larger than in the sport. And I think that's one reason why she has to be on the list. Caitlin Tui, uh, the same token. I agree with both of you. Caitlin Tui is on my list. She's the best cross-country runner we've ever seen in high school. Uh, no denying it. She won three national championships. And the thing with cross-country is we have true national championships, right? There's yeah. a couple of them. Uh, in, in track, you know, you can say you all won national championships. But in, in cross-country, Nike Cross Nationals is the championship that people go to. You know, Foot Locker as well. But Nike Cross is one that really has picked up significance. And she won three straight years, sophomore to senior years. That last year gutted it out. Had, a, had an injury here last year, it was getting through some some knee issues, and, and COVID came on. So she didn't necessarily get that that centerpiece addition to a resume like a, a World U20 qualifier or even be able to go after an Olympic qualifier. Uh, you know, Tui didn't have that. Uh, but I'm not going to let, let it be against her, her record, because she's definitely there. Now, where I veer off to, and I will say this about Shanti, I think by the end, by the end of the year, if Shanti does everything we think she 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 will, I think she's definitely in the competition as top three. Because mm-hmm. that 100 is undeniably That's great. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. The, the problem with Allison is era. Uh, I think for her era, she's the best sprinter ever. But as these things go, right, eras change, especially in sprinting. And Shanti's starting to surpass her and even Mia Bra too. But I think Shanti here, if she finishes the year, maybe with an, another huge national record, if she gets to a uh, Pan American U20 qualifier and does something great there, and mm-hmm. I, I think she cements herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands now, I'm going to say Vashti Cunningham. The okay. high jump unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> Never been seen before what she has done in high school. I mean, she was high jumping over 6'5", 6'6", outdoors. She won a world indoor title at the senior level. As a high schooler, she made the Olympics with Sydney at 18. As a high jumper, got out of field of field of an athlete there, and I mm-hmm. think Vashti. If there's anyone on this list, I I would, you know, boost up to number three for me. Vashti, I think she's earned it. Even if her senior career never pans out the way she wants with Olympic gold, which I do think she will get that chance someday. I think she she is no no doubt one of the best high school athletes we've ever seen, and and, and the most special, the most rare uh, that unicorn. Any other lasting thoughts from this? Any, anybody creeping into the top three, do you think? Any other? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'm actually surprised we're all, like, kind of in agreement yes. on this. That was usually really surprising to me. Yeah. Honestly. As much as we debate, I feel like, yeah, I think we all had Caitlin. We all had Sydney. Just kind of yeah. shook things up. I would put, like, Sonia Richards-Ross as, like, honorable mentions, bad as that may come okay. out. But, like, Sonia okay. Richards-Ross, like... Also thinking about Allison Felix's like sure. era time, you know. So I would even add her into the conversation. But yeah, I think we're all kind of okay. spot on. Yeah. Chat GPT, which we actually asked uh, a couple weeks <laughs> yes. back, said Felix McLaughlin, Lavrone, and Mary Decker. So that's that's okay. That's, I think that's the fair. computer's list. Decker certainly has been surpassed since. Yeah. Uh, you could argue Felix has been surpassed too. All right, let's go to our, our next subject. It's going to be recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to, within the next week, release our top 50 recruits in the class of 24, 25, and 26. Uh, right now, we want to get into some of the biggest movers, movers and shakers over the last six months plus. Yes. Uh, it's been you know a big 
Um, that's been a decent span of time. So Olivia, let's yes. go to you first. And as you mentioned, the last time we've updated the, the class rankings was January. I actually had a look. January 8th of 2023 was when we posted these. So as you can tell, a lot of things have, have changed over the last few months. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into the class of 2024 because I feel like this is an optimal time for these athletes, right? Like they're they're finishing up their junior season. They're about to get the going through the re recruiting process. The colleges are going to start calling them up. Um, they're about to start taking these official visits. So I think it's really important to dive into the, I guess you can say the upcoming senior class for next year. But first, I want to dive into Brianna Selby of Indian River out in Virginia. I feel like during this indoor season, she really rose to the occasion. She won the New Bounce National Indoor title. She won the Adidas Track National uh, Championship title there in the 60 meters. So Brianna Selby just put everything together in that 60. And on top of that, she also clocked a 38-33 in the 300 to be U.S. number five. Again, I feel like she's starting to find her wheels turning a little bit during this outdoor season as well. So she's just getting going. And the fact that in January we had her on the honorable mention, then she moved up to number nine on our list. So, And that was after her big performances from the AAU Junior Olympics moving up from her sophomore list. So I'm keeping my eyes out for Brianna Selby. Another athlete to take into consideration for this class is Michelle Smith of Mount Verde Academy. She is not only the class of 2024 number one 400 meter hurdler, but she's also the fastest woman at this distance in the nation. And what is so exceptional about this young talent is she's the only girl this season who has run all her 400 meter hur hurdle races under 60 seconds. There's no one else that has done that. And to put that in perspective, she has five races underneath her belt. So she went from a 5902 in mid-March to a 56-66 at the end of April, and she's even clocked a 207.95 as her season opener in the 800 meters. So she's currently at spot number 15, and that included some World U20 championships from last year's in the 400-meter hurdles. But last but not least, I want to shift gears and talk about a young gentleman who is actually not on the honorable mention or was on our list going into uh, January. This is Zy Ricks of Long Beach, California, and I definitely think he deserves to be in that top 50. He's class number one and also U.S. number five in that 400 meters. He was the runner-up at the CIF Outdoor Championships with a 46.06. And he's also won against a really loaded, I, I think you guys remember from the APU Meet of Champions in that 800 meters where he clocked a personal best of 149.19, which is class top of the class and also... U.S. number six as well. So, as I mentioned, he hasn't been ranked, but I definitely think he <laughs> shook some things up this season. So, he definitely deserves to be recognized here. All good stuff there. And one thing about recruiting is that's very difficult about it is that everything is subjective. Yes, yeah. It's hard to kind of put into place where certain athletes are. Yeah. Other sports like football, it's it's a little easier, although it's more complex. It's there's skill you have to consider. There's right. physicality you have to consider. Um, all that stuff with football and basketball. But some of those recruiting lists, they start, you know, placing their their their, their lists as freshmen. Like these athletes. Right. Sometimes even in middle school, you're looking at these athletes and yeah. thinking yeah, about that, it a little bit. That's that's crazy to think about. But yeah, some of those lists start really really young. And for us, track athletes mature at their at their peak yeah. right around 17, 18 before they get into college. I was so. just about to say that too. So like. 
I feel like for the boys list, we might even across all the classes, yeah. like they're going to be a lot of things moving around exactly. just because they mature mm-hmm. a little bit later. Exactly. Yeah. I think the earliest we've ever ranked uh, any athletes is, is sophomore year. So yeah. um, sophomore to junior year typically is, is a huge inflection point and changes a lot. And so that with that being said, class of 2025, sophomore is when we recruited them uh, last. And I think they're going to go into their junior years uh, next year. But mm-hmm. big name right now, Maurice Gleaton of, of – Georgia, Langston Hughes High. He's run 10-14 in the 100, 20.52 in the 200, both win legal times. He wasn't even on the list the first time we did it, so you can sure bet he's going to be on there in the top 10 this time around. He's had a phenomenal, phenomenal year. Uh, another big one, Kai Evans of Lake Mineola. We had him on this show a couple weeks back. Fantastic season. He was a baseball player. I think he's getting a little bit more into tracking. That might be his projection down the line, but he's run 52-3 in the 400-meter hurdles, which is Awesome for his age, 10-6 in the 100, 21-10 the 200, 14-5-9 in the 110 hurdles. If you're a college coach looking at someone who can do a lot of different events, that is your guy. He's going to be high up on the list. And then on the girls' side, we'll talk about her a little later in the show, but Ola Watson Awoli of South Cobb, Georgia, just a fantastic year in the 800, 207 uh, for, for that distance, career best for her at Regions, but she ended up going on to win a Georgia 6A title uh, later on in the season. She's only behind Sadie Engelhart and Elise Wimes in the 800 right now. Um, she wasn't on the list the first time. Uh, she's going to be on it this time. And when we look at the girls list, it's a little easier to see talent, I think, at younger ages yeah. mm-hmm. than on the guys. Uh, but that being said, you still get some sleepers like Ola Watson, and she's going to be there. So uh, good stuff to see. Ashley, we're going to go to you, class of 2026. Yes, this is a fun one. We have <laughs> obviously not done a class ranking for the class of 2026. Again, your rising sophomore class, they were freshmen this year. So they now have almost a full year of you know racing as a high schooler underneath their belts. And so... I have to say, too, we've seen a lot of stars emerge this year, I think, in the freshman class. So kicking off some three that I think we should watch out for. Number one, I think it has to be Quincy Wilson of Bullock School out in Maryland. He broke not just one freshman class record indoors, but multiple. He broke the freshman class records indoors in the 300, 400, 500, and 600 meters and won a 400-meter title at New Balance Nationals indoor, 46-67 there. He currently leads all freshmen in that 400-meter distance outdoors with a 46-11 personal best. So, I mean, shoot, when you set four, like, freshman, you know, ninth-grade records in, in in one season, like, I think that's pretty remarkable and says, you know, Wilson's definitely going to be someone we want to look for, you know, in the coming years. So, Quincy Wilson there, one to watch for. Then I want to shift to the girls, though, because I think one we've also had our eyes on, I think, since even like the AAU Junior Olympics last summer, and that's Skylar Franklin. She's out of Western High School in Florida, and she definitely proved this year that, you know, as a freshman, she's one to watch for in the sprints. She leads the country um, in the 400 for the freshman class with the 52-52 best, and she's also gone 23-42 wind legal in the 200, which also leads her class. And her 400-meter mark ranks her at U.S. number five all-time for ninth graders in the country. So to be making a mark early like that when you're just a freshman, especially in a very competitive state like Florida, I think mm-hmm. that says something there. And then lastly, I think, you know, shifting a little bit to the distance side, I think I want to talk about Addison Ritzenhain, which I know the last name, you know, it comes with a little bit of family tradition. There's some lore there. You know, she's the the daughter of Dathan Ritzenhain, but she, I think she's already proven to be one of the top distance girls 
in the country this year, especially among the freshman class. Um, you know, during the outdoor season, she leads the the cold class in the 3K. She's gone 941, and that came at Penn Relays. And then during the indoor season, she had a really impressive 1021 two mile performance for third place performance at Nike Indoor Nationals. So not only is she leading the freshman class at some distances, but she's competing up very well with a lot of athletes that are her senior. And I think she'll be one to watch next year, especially in the cross-country course, because I think that's really where her big breakout came this past year, took 18th at NXN. So I'll be excited to see what she does for Niwot, you know, as a sophomore. Quick poll, who's the number one girls athlete in the class of 2027? Oh, 2027? Oh, we already know this. Yeah. Sophia oh. Rodriguez. I was like, gosh, I got to think about this one. <laughs> no, you don't. It, it was a trick because we, we know it already. <laughs> okay. So national championship season is upon us, and the first one starts on Wednesday. That's Brooks PR. Seattle, Washington is where it's going to be at. It's going to feature some of the country's top talent. We were flying into Seattle, and then a lot of them are going to fly out to Eugene, Philadelphia, everywhere else uh but let's delve into the top stories we're watching midweek here in seattle and i think the first one is in the girls 100 olivia oh goodness i meant to bring popcorn for the show totally forgot it because this girls 100 meters is going to be insane you already know i'm going to be glued to this event coming on wednesday so the first matchup we're finally going to see shanti jackson versus mia bra Pedersen. so when you're watching this at home bring out the popcorn because it's just going to be we're watching literally the top two athletes in the nation in the 100 meters. I know just a couple weeks ago we were just talking about the Music City Track Carnival, and literally it was just, like, intense. But we saw Shanti. That's where she broke the high school national record and ran that 1089. And Mia, that same weekend, ran 11 flat in the 100 meters at her Oregon State Championships. So, we're literally going to see something exceptional. And so I know we have the full list of the 100-meter Brooks PR field. And I think the biggest question I just need answers to is how fast is this field going to go? Because we have a couple of big names in this list outside of, you know, Mia and Shanti who have broke national records this year. And the thing is, I just want to put this in perspective, like both of these ladies have broken a record like Mia broke the 200 meter record before Deja Hodge took it down Shanti Jackson had the the sea level 200 record that also went down too and the thing is they did those races against collegiate and professional fields during the indoor season and Deja was the only one that did it against like high school athletes which is super fantastic when she did at the New Balance National Indoors in that 200 and Shanti actually did break the 300 meter national record against high school kids as well so however i feel like with the fitness level for both of these girls we can see something exceptionally fast and can we see something under 11 i think that's the biggest question going into it especially since mia 11 flat shanti has already done that but however we just saw that list look out for rachel ugavera who's us number seven Avery Lewis is in this field, U.S. number nine. Sanaya Frederick, U.S. number 11. Of course, the the Virginia queen, uh, Madison White's going to be in this field too. So it's going to be very fast, very loaded. Are we going to see a sub-11? And that's the biggest question I have going into this 100. Yeah, I just want to stay on it with all of us just for a brief yeah. moment. I, I think it it is a clash of the titans. It's too, <laughs> too huge. I mean, I don't want to say there's like this is like a, a – you know, a, a a hero versus a villain. It's like two heroes going at one yeah. another, basically looking to win. It's really complicated because I think both of them are are capable. And to win this race, what do you think it will take? Because 
you know, I think the start of a race is always talked about. I don't think necessarily the start is going to be the decider here, though. Um, Ashley, let's get to you real quick. What do you think will be uh, very critical in this race? I guess, honestly, I think what's going to be critical is almost in like those later stages of the race, right? Because you can probably expect they're going to be feeling each other right there together, you know, Shanti and Mia. And I, it's probably going to be whoever can just gut it out, like extend that speed over the final meters. I think that's going to be key. And gosh, time-wise, like I feel like we're going to have to see at least like a 10-9-5 to win. I, I'm right there with yeah. her. It's going to yeah. be a sub-11. Okay. But I want Will Sumner does it best, right? Tunnel vision. <laughs> yes. All he did at NCAA is tunnel vision. I feel like that is what's going to it's going to have to take for both of these ladies here. And the reason why I say that is when you look at their resumes, they're very similar in time, mm -hmm. like 11 seconds in the hundred 22 mid in the 200. Both of these girls have done that. Right. So what's going to separate you from your competitor. And I feel like the start is super important. As Ashley mentioned, even being in the middle of the race, because you already know it's going to be probably neck and neck. If Shanti can put together what she did at the music city track carnival, mm -hmm. that start was incredible. She was the third one to react, but the way how she unfolded that race came out of that dry phase, had that top end speed, and she just kept pushing. If she can replicate that, that's going to be something that she has in her back pocket. And we've already seen what Mia has been doing all season long. She's been pretty much running by herself. So I'm excited to see what, how Mia is going to respond when she yeah. has a little bit of that competition in a straightaway, but it's going to be like what Will Sunder said. Like, right. <laughs> you just got to be tunnel vision all the way through. A part of me, though, thinks that 30 meters to 70 meters is Mia's best part of the race. Mm. I mean, because I don't think she always has the best start, but she always is, it just dominates that middle section. Now, obviously, if Shanti's dominating from the start and she, she maintains, like she has that maintenance there, it's going to be hard for, for, for Mia to beat her. But I think that's where you're going to see the race. And 50 meters in, you're going to see these two, yeah. where they're at and who's kind of coming on with that power. Um, I will say, I don't necessarily think it's about time because the important thing here is these two going up against each oh, other. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Whether it's like over 11, under 11, I don't really care. I just want these two racing and really just going at each other. The head-to-head -head is important because yeah. you learn a lot from, from doing that. Um, enough of that. Let's, let's go to Ashley and the Boys 800. Well, guys, I don't know if you've seen the start list for the Boys 800, but it's – it's absolutely loaded. Like, you have some of the top middle distance distance athletes in the country in this race. And I think the question here is, could we see, you know, a 146? Could we inch toward that 146-45 national record set by Michael Granville back in the day? And I think it definitely could happen because we have one of the top guys in this race, Tenota Matsatsa. During the indoor season, he went... 148.27 for U.S. number three all-time at New Balance Nationals indoor to win that title there. And he's going to be here at it again in the 800. And we all know that Matsatsa just, you know, last week just became the first black high schooler to ever go sub four. He ran 3.58 at Hoka Festival of Miles. So we all know that he's fit. He has that speed there. And I'll be curious to see now as he drops down in distance, you know, how it goes for him. We last saw him at the 800. He ran... 149 at track night nyc so that'll be he's going to be definitely one of the front runners there but he is not alone you're also going to see other athletes like alex leith who went head to head with tenota in that new balance nationals indoor 800 meter race ran 148 46 for newest number four all-time indoors so we have two all-timers in this field so i'm going to be curious to see how they battle that out again again but sats is kind of one who 
especially, honestly, with every race, but especially the 800, he likes to go out really aggressively, right? Set a tone early. Hang on. Leith is someone who likes to hang back a little bit and then work his way up. And so that's what he did at New Balance. And we'll see if he can do that again. But those aren't the only two guys in this race either. Again, the list just keeps going on. You're going to have... <laughs> Um, you know, you're going to have Tyler Matthews, who's currently a U.S. number two. He's gone 148 this season. You're also going to have Dan Walkie, also another 148 guy. So, gosh, like an Andrew Regnier, too. He's also gone 149. So, again, we have like a million people under 150 in this race. And I think, you know, having all those guys in a really competitive field like this could potentially, I mean, we could see a 146. The last time we saw one was last year. Um Will Sumner and Cade Flat both clocked 146 outdoors during the 800. So, who knows? Hey, let's manifest it. Yes. Fun fact: Alex Leith beat Will Sumner two years ago at Running Lane. That was when Leith was a sophomore. Sumner was a junior. Has a little bit of that Sumner in him. Let's see if he <laughs> uses that to his advantage going into Brooks PR. All right. Last storyline here: Will anyone take Simeon Burnbaum down in the two mile? I I, I think this is a tough question. Yeah. Uh, huge. Huge, huge opportunity here. Big field. Um, a lot of guys that are capable of doing it. Daniel Simmons, love that guy. Rocky Hansen, <laughs> Connor Burns, Tyrone Gorsey, all of them are capable. Burns is the defending champion of the two-mile. Gorsey is the top two-mile runner in the country right now. Obviously, Simmons is the Gatorade reigning Gatorade XC player of the year. And Rocky's Rocky, two times under a sub four right Rocky. now. <laughs> now, we, we have a photo of Simeon from Hoka that we want to put up on screen. I don't know if you can read the caption right now, but it says something about uh, they think I'm hiding in the shadows, exactly. but I am the shadow. I don't know. If that, I don't know <laughs> if that's a nod to the Silent Hawk nickname, but Silent Simeon goes after big performances. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's a nod to you, Olivia. There but we go. Burnbaum obviously is is the champion right now. He's he's just a guy that refuses to be beat. Uh, mm -hmm. And when you put him in a, a situation like this, I think he's the guy that that might be the one to latch on to. Two mile races obviously are very tactical and nuanced. I mean, high schoolers have a lot to learn throughout their their career yet, but um, they've been in a lot of big races before. So when we look at this, uh, I don't think it'll really figure itself out up until maybe the final one k or at eight hundred. Now, who will make those moves early? I think Connor Burns learned his his issue at at Hoka, maybe leading too much of the race. Maybe he's going to play that a little bit uh, closer to the vest at this time around. And Burns is the defending champion. Gorsy, though, kind of a sleeper. He's done a lot of great things, but doesn't always get the recognition uh, he deserves. So I think Gorsy could be in this and. If you had to pick anyone that's uh, a huge sleeper, it's it's Hanson, who continues yeah. to battle and, and do uh, wonderful things here at the high school level. So really great race here in the two-mile. We'll see what can happen. All right. Let's move to Adidas Outdoor Nationals right around the corner in Greensboro, North Carolina, with over 3,500 athletes entered to compete at North Carolina A&T Stadium. We're sure to get some elite performances. As we head into this year's meet, what are the top storylines to watch and why since i will be there i'm going to start here and i think the biggest one on on in my head is who are the stars of next year because when we look at that that event last year we got some athletes that weren't necessarily known mm -hmm. off the top of your head jordan Ware, michelle smith actually came into her own in a big way she kayla lavender uh, nigel Ancrum, all those athletes had huge 2023 years and so i think looking out for those next talented athletes of the next year is going to be you know important here um, I think there's a lot of athletes that can fit into that description. Now, the first one, we already mentioned her earlier, Ola Watson Awoli of Cobb County, 207 800. 
She's got a lot of talent in Georgia, but what can she do at the national level? I think she'll have an opportunity here to go off of that 207, maybe even 205. Dre Hawkins of IMG Academy. He's around 1037 in the 100 from the Texas Relays. This guy is a football recruit, four stars, fits into the mold of a lot of guys recently in track and field, but he's got a ton of talent. He's a part of a lot of the, those four by ones on IMG's level that have gone 40 point. So very, very uh, talented guy there that you, certainly we need to be watching out for. Couple more worth mentioning here. Michael Long of Sebastian Striders. Uh, he is a senior. He's gone 150 in the 800. Dallas Reeves is the brother of Dawson Reeves. He's going in the mile. And then we have Virginia Avery of Mountain Brook, Alabama. She's entering the 5K. She's one of those star distance runners from that top team in Alabama. Olivia, let's go to you. What do you got? Yes, I love how you mentioned Shaquilla Lavender because I think the biggest storyline here is look out for her in the hurdles. And she, you know, the state of Virginia has just produced a talented amount of hurdlers in history. And last year, literally in this race, Shaquilla Lavender put herself out there in the 100-meter hurdle race and set all-time marks as an eighth grader. She was in the national elite section. And for me, like just seeing her run there was just exceptional and so last year she sprinted to a virginia number seven all-time mark u.s number 11 performance in u.s number one time by an eighth grader with a 1360 and you guys she ran that into a negative 1.5 win to win the title in pre her previous best was a 1469 so i feel like adidas just really brought the dog out in her like the fact that she just essentially dropped her time by a whole second is fantastic and since that moment as Corey mentioned a lot of these athletes have had huge 2023 seasons and she became the virginia 6a 55 meter hurdler and 100 meter champion she was fifth at the nike indoor nationals in the 60 meter hurdles and her fastest time this season has been 1381 which is from a month ago and she's ranked in the top 26 right now so i'm looking forward to see what Shaquilla Lavender can do at this track because I feel like it just has a lot of memories with her and we can see something fast. Ashley, we got one more topic here. What do you have? Yes, I think my top storyline here for Adidas is that you're going to have not one, but two defending indoor national champions from Adidas in the pole vault returning outdoors to claim more titles. You're going to have on the girl side, Veronica Vaca out of Pennsylvania. She won both the New Balance Nationals indoor title and the Adidas indoor title this year in the girls' pole vault. She won Adidas with a mark of 13, eight and a half. So she's going to be going outdoors now, going to Greensboro, looking for another title. So far this season, she's gone 13, three, but she seems to perform the best when she's on the national stage. So we'll be looking forward to her there. Then on the boys' side, you're going to have Cody Johnson out of Indiana. He won the boys' indoor title in Virginia Beach back in March with a 16, 11, five clearance from there. He also won Nike indoor nationals. But guys, he's been on a whole nother level this outdoor season. He's gone 17-6 in the pole vault, which is one of the top marks in the country this season. He's coming off of a 17, you know, flat performance there at the state championships, which won him a state title. So he'll be going to Adidas looking for another win. Let's go. Let's get the 18 <laughs> in the pole vault here. That's right. There we go. The biggest meet on the calendar, maybe maybe ever. I don't know. I've never seen a 7,000 <laughs> athlete meet before. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just haven't looked hard enough. But New Balance Nationals Outdoor has over 7,000 athletes set to compete Franklin Field in Philadelphia uh, this week. And it's going to be massive. Just, just 
massive. Four, four days there. Uh, Olivia, fresh off of her 100-meter race in Seattle. Uh, Shanti Jackson will be suiting up in a couple more races here. Can you talk to us about the expectations from her? Oh, my goodness. Shanti Jackson's. I feel like, is going to really put on a show for us. As you mentioned, Corey, she's going to be competing at Brooks PR on Wednesday. From there, she's going to be flying all the way to the other side of the country to compete at New Bounce National Indoors. However, we're not going to see her in that one-two double that we're normally used to seeing her in. We're going to be seeing her in this 2-4 double. And buckle your seatbelts because another young, talented athlete who's in that 400 is going to be Lauren Lewis. But I want to stick on Shanti really quick. What makes this race even more interesting is the fact that Shanti is going to be lining up in this quarter after competing at such a really big meet just on Wednesday in the 100 meters. And the fact that Shanti debuted her season in the 400 meters with a 52-13 from April and then at the North Carolina State Championship, she ran her second fastest time of the season with a 53.02 after running rounds, keep that in mind, rounds of the 100 and the 200 meters as well. So this tells me that Shanti could really bounce back. And I just am curious to see how she's going to fare with that travel. But now let's shift to Lauren Lewis of Prosper High School in Texas. She's I'm assuming she's graduated already, but she just keeps ticking closer and closer and closer and closer to that national high school record in the 400 meters. Fitty. What'd you say? Fitty. 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 We're going Fitty. Fitty. Uh, She's gone 51 seconds in the quarter three times this season. Recently, she went 51.45 at the UIL Outdoor Track and Field Championships, which Ashley and I had the honor of calling. I I feel like I'm still getting my voice back from that race. But she also went 51.17. At the Great Southwest to now be number five all time. So you're going to get tired and sick of me saying that. But you guys, she's run all her 51 performances all by herself. I think I just need to print that on a shirt. Um, (laughs) Now that the Texan, I feel like also because Texas won the NCAA Outdoor Championships, I wonder if that's kind of fueling her right now. Like, hey, you know, I'm about to join a really elite program. I'm going to leave it out on the track and it's going to be fast. So I'm excited to see. What's going to happen between Lauren Lewis and Shanti Jackson? And I feel like we're just going to see fire on the track in Pennsylvania. It's, this is the first time these ladies have lined up against each other. So, you know, Corey just said 50. I'm hoping for a sub 51 here. And there are only two girls in high school history who have dipped under that mark. Monique Henderson went 50.74. And then Sonia Richards-Ross, who has the national high school record, has gone 50.69 to break that record so to put that in perspective it's very difficult to even dip underneath that 51 second barrier but i feel like with lauren and shanti kind of going after it we're going to see something great hey legends are made very quickly sometimes Mm -hmm. in the course of seven days that could happen i think with shanti's big week ahead of her there there's a lot on the line that she can go toward and yeah. She's already had a legendary season. I mean, what can she do here? It's mm-hmm. going to be really, really interesting. Let's move over to the relays. There's one team that made waves over the 4 by 8 earning a national record indoors. Uh, but for Cuthbertson, that, that means started with aspirations to potentially set uh, three records in the 4 by 8 DMR and 4 by 1600 What can we expect this time around from the North Carolina team, Ashley? Yes, Cuthbertson in the indoor season, we all know they set the 4 by 8 national record at New Balance National Indoors, 848.02. They also finished second in the 4 by mile there as well and won the DMR. 
So now looking at this outdoor season, they really haven't raised that full strength in the four by eight, even though they are the indoor national record holders. They have gone 848, 48 this season that came at a home meet to kick off the spring season. But as we've seen in recent weeks, some of those legs on that relay for them have had just remarkable personal bests. I'm thinking of Charlotte Bell and Stella Kerms. They went one three at the Hoka Festival of Miles. Stellar performances there in the mile for them. And then also Justine Prisano has had a strong finish, you know, to her season individually, she, you know, in the 800 at running lane, she had a you know, spectacular performance there. So I definitely feel like these ladies are pretty confident that they can chase after something big. You know, you're, again, you have three juniors on the squad, one senior and Alyssa Prisano. So it's kind of their last time this, you know, the full group of four together looking for something big. So I think that could maybe motivate them for something pretty special here. One athlete we haven't heard much from this season is from Rhode Island. What mm-hmm. can we expect from Sophia Gorioran at New Balance? Well, if you're looking at Sophia Gorioran, as you mentioned, we haven't really seen her race too much this season. She ran the 600 in the pro field at Penn Relays. She clocked a 204-800 at Track Night NYC back in May and won some Rhode Island state championships as well. But she's going to be entered in both the 800 and the mile championship fields here at New Balance during the indoor season, in the mile, she went 437 for a top 10 all-time mile performance at that indoor distance. So we know she can do it at the mile, but we haven't seen her do it really outdoors yet at full strength. So we'll be curious to see what she does there. But, you know, she's still one of the top, you know, one of the top ranked middle distance runners in probably U.S. high school history. So she definitely has, you know, some of that tradition, some of that respect underneath her. So I'll be curious to see what she does here, you know, racing against national fields for the first time in a bit. Yeah, I don't know how how you both feel, but I feel like for it seems like a year or so, it feels like she's moved off of high school races per se. She's done them. She's yeah. obviously mm-hmm. racked up a lot of the state championships. She ran at Rhode Island recently, picked up three. Obviously, she has a bunch of records in Rhode Island, but the purpose, the focus of hers isn't necessarily high school races anymore. Right. I think she's just kind of looking at the bigger picture right. for sure. Yeah. And I think that kind of in a way, right, we talked about the all-time female athletes in high school has affected it a little bit because, you know, I know Sophia from Milrose and U.S. Olympic trials uh, and all this stuff, but I, you know, has she captured that big moment in Rhode Island history? I don't necessarily think she has it. She has all those titles, but she doesn't have that Rhode Island moment that I remember her specifically for. Um, so, you know, Sophia's always been in the conversation, but mm-hmm. she hasn't had that sub two yet, right? She right. hasn't had that huge mile yet. So there's always something I think she's still chasing after it. Uh, and, and here, I mean, she's running against high schoolers now. Yeah. She could get a huge performance. What do you think, uh, her at New Balance, what will she be able to capture here that she doesn't already have? Yeah, I think that's a good perspective to kind of think about, it, especially when Sophia has been doing amazing things since her freshman year, right? So it's like she just kept setting that bar higher and higher for us to see, like, what she has been a part of, right? Like, I just think about all the things she's done last year and, you know, breaking the um, – the best in that four by 800 meter relay, which she was a part of. And she just kept putting those big performances together against really big name athletes like Juliet Whitaker and Roisin Willis. And so I feel like her competing at New Balance is a great opportunity for her to kind of get that foot back in that water again and be able to face some of these high school kids that are the best of the best in the country and really put something out there. So I'm excited to see what she does in that eight. I'm excited to see what she does in that mile. And I think she's just going to really put out a big performance. This is her last year before she goes off right. to Harvard. So this is going to be big for her. Harvard. She's going to Harvard. <laughs> yes. Harvard, Boston We Yard. saw they did really they well. They did NCAA very well. Weekend, so. Very well. Yeah. Good stuff. 
All right, one last meet we're going to cover uh, briefly is Nike Outdoor Nationals, and we're going to keep it pretty specific here. Uh, who's the one athlete with the most to gain in Nike and why? And Olivia, I'll go to you first. Mine might be a really big hot take, so I'm, <laughs> I'm bearing the, the punches here, but I feel like this the boys 110 hurdle race is completely loaded. You have three of the top 15 boys in the country entered in this race that are going to go go after all 10 of these hurdles. So I think that one athlete that I think has the most to gain is Donovan Bradley. And hear me out. He's currently U.S. number three in this event, 1342, which he ran at Texas Relays. However, this is going to be his first time competing at a national championship. So he's going to be able to get a sneak peek. Like, he, he was able to get a sneak peek at last year at Brooks PR Invitational. And so I almost feel like he might have a little chip on his shoulder after finishing second at the UIL outdoor uh state championships where he where he doubled in the 110s and the 300s got second in both so i feel like this is a big opportunity this is a really big stage for donovan bradley to bounce back from that texas state meet and compete against the best of the best at the national championship level and like i mentioned he's going to have some competition you have andre comacher who's in that field jarvis anderson is also in that field and they're both ranked us number 15 and us number eight so I feel like Donovan Bradley, he has had an exceptional outdoor season. I'm excited to see what he does and how he's going to face this national championship caliber of individuals. It's going to be hot. It's going to be fun and fast. Mm -hmm. Ashley, let's go to you. All right. I know Olivia thought hers was a hot take, but I feel like may mine may be <laughs> like a real big hot take. I think Leo Young has the most what? to gain. And let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. So, yes, we have seen Leo Young. He has been racing some incredible 1,500-meter races this season against pros. I think he's clocked, like, 339, I believe, like, three times this spring. Absolutely exceptional. But we haven't seen him race against his peers all season long. And I feel like this could be a big moment for him. You know, there's something about... Racing against other kids your age, we know where high school boys distance running is right now and like how exceptional it is and how many players we have in that space. And to finally go, you know, go head to head against them. And if he can pull out a win, like I think that's just that can almost solidify him as, you know, one of, if not the best distance runners in the entire country. So I think that's something he could potentially prove this weekend at Nike. You know, he's gonna be going up against people like Simeon, you know, Connor, Rocky Hansen, they, you know, they've all been battling week in and week out. And so now he's going to put himself in that conversation with those guys. He is, you know, officially not broken four minutes in the mile. He could join that club too. And so personally, I think Leo Young could have a lot to gain here in the mile. I think he's lost that, like, that uh, distinction of top distance runner because he hasn't done a lot. That's like, what I'm saying. He could, he I, could put himself. Back in the conversation, potentially. I understand. Because I, I agree. I understand Ashley's perspective. And the reason why I can be like, okay, I see where she's coming from. When I had a chance to talk, I think I talked with Shanti Jackson during the indoor season. I've asked her, is it easier running against high schoolers or is it easier running free, like against the professional athletes? And she's like, oh, by far professional athletes. And that blew my mind. She's like, there's no pressure because they're not expecting mm -hmm. me to do yeah. something wild. But when you run against your peers, there's pressure because it's like, we're it's you have we're all win. the same so i understand where ashley's coming from well, so yeah that makes thank sense you. people thank expect you. you to win no yeah. no I, I i think it's 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 interesting but you said like he could potentially become the best distance runner because i i think he's lost that already because yeah. he hasn't raced a lot of distances right he's been very good at 1500 meters yeah uh did he run a 5k too i think he ran a 5k right or is that lex 
Well, Lex broke the national record, record in the 5K. Right, but did Leo run a 5K as well? Uh, great question. So, but I, I think, you <laughs> I know, know, the versatility of it yeah, factors into that whole, like, mm-hmm. idea of best runner yeah, in, in yeah. the U.S. And, and he, but at least well, he could get himself back towards right. the top no, of the conversation. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the last time he's raced high schoolers was at Nike Cross Nationals. Is that right? That is true. That and and we, yeah. we, obviously, we know what happened at Nike Cross. Yeah. So it's fascinating. I'll say that. I mean, I mean, again, we've seen like what, you know, again, Simeon, Connor, Rocky, like Daniel yeah. Simmons, all they those go guys, up against each other. Non-stop, like, every weekend, non-stop. every weekend. It's yeah. always, you know, they're they're putting themselves out there on the line. That's right. kind of a vulnerable place to be. Yes. You yeah. know, so I think having that vulnerability, Leo, putting himself on the line there. Lex is going to be in this race, too. But I really think yeah. it's Leo who has the most to gain here. Yeah, I think he could win, obviously, I think. But, like, being the best runner in the country, it doesn't come down to one race. So, right. Um, all right, my pick. Jonathan Sims, Allen High School, Texas. Uh, wonderful opportunity here for the, the Texas 400-meter runner because he's going up against the top sophomore in the country, City Nye of Georgia, who's also in the 400. Both of these guys are extremely talented. Both of them have run 46 seconds already. I think City's already gone 44. Five uh, or forty-six, but still, they have opportunities to go under forty-six in the same race, same class. Maybe the first of many uh, head-to-heads in the future for for these two. And Sims right now is is trailing uh, Nye a little bit, but I think he certainly will have an opportunity to get after that at Nike Outdoor Nationals. And I can't wait because I've been watching Jonathan Sims since she was like nine years old, <laughs> ten years old, and he has made the bill uh each year he's gotten better he's he's matured into you know who he's become obviously so i'm really happy for him and i i hope he does well here last subject here we're going to toss to olivia we got the njsii meet of champions final meet on the new jersey calendar what do we have we have a lot to unpack, but I grabbed a handful of what I think we should be paying attention to this weekend. First of all, Ashley talked about the 4x8s earlier. We're going to see Union Catholic girls line up in this 4x800-meter relay. They were number two all-time right behind Cuthbertson for the New Balance National Indoor Titles, and they're... You know, they were going after that national high school record. Here we have this amazing photo from Penn Relays. And they were going after that 843.12 set by Eleanor Roosevelt. And they clocked an 844.98. And at groups, they cruised to a 935. So I'm curious to see what the game plan is for Union Catholic as they kind of wrap up this season. But, you know, they also have three girls that are entered into this 800 meters, including New Jersey number one, 12, and 15. You have Peyton Hollis, who's a junior, Mamaya Nina who's a senior and Jamia King who's a freshman um, and they have all clocked between 209 and 213 so they're going to be looking really strong there in that middle distance race you have Kayla Kaylee Granowski who was also part of that relay team she clocked a 210 this season so they're going to be looking very strong so I guess the biggest question going into the New Jersey championships is what can they put together for this last go around but on top of that I want to highlight a freshman that has caught our eye from Pensakin, this is Sanai Wynn, and she ran well during her groups over the weekend. She clocked, uh, she caught her eyes when she ran 1182, 24.38, and 53.97, which is the fastest performer performance so far this season there. And also in that boys 400 meter hurdle race, I think it's going to be one of the top races to watch on the boys side. You have three boys that are under 53 seconds. You have Alexander Zedekov. 
Bryce Tucker and Lathan Brown, who are going to be looking to get those titles all under 53 seconds. So it's going to be a close matchup there. Do we know if Union Catholic is splitting their teams? Uh, That's what Nationals. I was thinking too. That's what I'm I trying to look through New Balance, but there's 233 pages of this PDF. <laughs> I can't get through what's it. What's their What's their club name? I, I'm not quite <laughs> sure, but if I had to guess. You know, that's a, it's probably a squid squad. Pro- right. Squid probably squad. is, yeah. yeah. New Balance is in Philly, which is really close by. It's like an hour or so. So, I, you know, if I had to guess, maybe they split it and go for, you know, a race against Cuthbertson. Is that New Balance, right? Yes. Yeah, so that I could see that there. Um, so, regardless, this is going to be – Yes. Regardless, let me make yes. this statement here. Union Catholic, you know, I feel like this is a great opportunity for if they do split their team. For sure. The hey, upcoming stars depth, depth, rising to the sure. occasion. So mm-hmm. Union Catholic, I still feel like is a great team to no, look out for. I agree, hundred percent. Watch them all the time. No. Uh, huge weekend national championship season is upon us. We will have all that coverage for you on milesplit.com. I'll be reporting from Greensboro this weekend. Ashley and Olivia will will take it back here in Austin, and we'll be back for our last show of the outdoor season next week. So stay tuned. Thank you for watching.